Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Friday, February 10th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Fritschner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest College Basketball Show where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. If you're enjoying listening to the show, make sure to go in and leave a rating and a review on whatever app you're listening through. No area teams played last night, so let's get right into my interview with Fox Sports broadcaster John Fanta about Xavier and the rest of the Big East picture. John Fanta, always great to have you on the Rebound Rundown. We'll start first with Xavier, and then we'll go through some of the top teams in the Big East. Xavier right now in first place, standing alone as we record this on Thursday afternoon, February 9th. But still three weeks left in the season. Xavier has seven games left in their schedule. Probably going to be favored in five of those games. Xavier has set themselves up very well for the stretch run of this season because they've beaten the teams at the top of the conference when you look at tiebreakers and things like that with the way the rest of the regular season might play itself out. Marquette right there too and Marquette has an easier schedule down the stretch so when you look at this Xavier team playing Butler on Friday night one of the lower teams in the Big East right now how do you see this Musketeer team without Zach Fremantle 2-0 right now without him how do you see them setting up uh, down the stretch run of this season well Paul it's great to be with you I I think for Xavier they can find more out about themselves on the defense Defensive end of the floor without Zach Fremantle. And they already have found certain things out because Jerome Hunter is playing his tail off me. He's playing hard. It's not always the right play, but you know what? He's playing really, really hard. And that's a big thing. And Desmond Claude has gotten incrementally better as the season's gone on. And now you're seeing why Sean Miller was so high on him, the dynamic freshman in October before the season started. So for me, How do I see Xavier? Well, sometimes when you have an injury, it forces your depth to become more of a component. And it also allows for you to play around a little bit and find some things out about yourself. You, of course, would like to have Fremantle, but I think Xavier's been able to find some things out defensively. Now, how does the stretch run line up? This is like a great horse race at the track. I mean, that's what this Big East regular season title race is. You've got the Musketeers, as you said, at 11-2, and two, Marquette and Providence, Creighton as well. Marquette is still in a good spot, even though they lost at UConn. So for me, for Xavier, you got to beat Butler on Friday night. The game we could look back on is likely Wednesday when they are at Marquette. Who wins that game? How does it go down? If Xavier wins that game, to me, they're, they're going to win the regular season championship. They're going to win it. But if they were to lose that game, then you got DePaul at home. Villanova at home, you're going to win both those games. At Seton Hall could be interesting if the Pirates are still on the bubble. That game could have a high sense of urgency from them. And the first meeting between Seton Hall and Xavier went right down to the wire. Then you're at Providence. That's a game that's up in the air. Then you host Butler. So as you said, two games that are particularly really challenging. If they could win one of those with the one-game lead that they have in the loss column, they're at least going to get a share of the regular season title. And if it if they beat Marquette in Milwaukee, I think they're going to win it. I really think that that Wednesday night game is the swing game in this regular season title race. You mentioned it. I think a game that is flying under the radar, and you're going to be on the call of that game, Xavier at Seton Hall at the Prudential Center is a huge one that I think people might be overlooking a little bit in the importance of that game for the Musketeers on the road. 
that is a huge game against what will probably be, like you said, John, a desperate Seton Hall team that's right on the fringe of, of putting themselves in the conversation for being a bubble team right now. They are, and there are they have a net that's in the mid-50s. They have three Quadrant 1 victories, one at Rutgers that has had unlimited mileage for the Pirates. But, Paul, the other thing about Seton Hall is they've gotten better as the year's gone on. They've now won eight of their last 11 games. They lost to Creighton on Wednesday night, but if you watch that game, you had to come away impressed with them through about 35 minutes. They played very hard, and Creighton's on another level right now. Creighton looks like a Final Four caliber team the way that they've been playing. But for the Pirates, I, I look at them and, and I say this. They are an elite defensive team. I mean, top 20 in Kempom adjusted defensive efficiency. They've been top 15 at times this year. And when you look at who they are offensively, it's a team that does go through its laws. Now, that says advantage Xavier. But if you stick Xavier in the half court and make them grind it out, that's really not Xavier's type of game. And in the first meeting between Xavier and Seton Hall, Xavier struggled at times with that. And it was a three-point contest. Now, that says to me, okay, there's something about the matchup here. So for Seton Hall, it comes down to Kadari Richmond. It comes down to Al Dawes hitting some shots. And they've got to be able to, to find enough from Tyree Samuel and from Casey and Defo and Trey Jackson. But that offense has come and gone. Dre Davis's injury doesn't help. We'll see. He'll probably be back by the 24th. But that's going to be a tough test for Xavier Honestly, Xavier should be rooting for Villanova on Saturday night against Seton Hall. They should be rooting for UConn next week against Seton Hall because if Seton Hall's losing those games, they're not going to have as much incentive to play Xavier that Friday night, February 24th. If yeah. Seton Hall's season rides on that game, circumstantially things change. So you're watching everything that's happening around this conference right now. And I, I would point out something to you too, back to the regular season title race. You've got Creighton and Providence right now at 10 and 3. Let's say they both win on Saturday. Then they're 11 and 3. And guess what? They meet Valentine's night in Providence. So that's a game that Xavier fans should be paying close attention to because the winner of the Blue Jays Friars game Tuesday night then becomes the biggest adversary in the race. You look at the rest of this Big East race outside of Xavier, John. You mentioned Marquette, Creighton. Providence right now has a very tough schedule. The Friars have their work cut out for them down the stretch of this season. Friars, you, you mentioned they're 10-3 and three right now, but they still have to play Creighton. They have to go to UConn. They have to host Xavier. They still have Villanova mixed in there. You just never know what you're going to get out of Villanova and that game against Seton Hall to close the season. Um, where do you see the Friars? It, it, it feels like Every time you want to write them off, and I'm tempted to do that right now, not necessarily to write them off, but in the in the Big East title race, it looks like Xavier Marquette, maybe Creighton has that inside track to to a, an easier path to the title. But there's just that little nagging part in the back of my brain that doesn't want to write off Ed Cooley and this team. Am, am I off base there? No, you're on base, and here's the deal. They have Creighton Tuesday night, Paul Frischner, and when they get Xavier on March the 1st, fittingly the two teams started the month of February against each other in an instant classic, Providence is 33-1 and in their last 34 games at Amica Mutual Pavilion. And actually, after beating Georgetown now, 34-1. and 34-1. 34-1 and one in your last 35 games in Amica Mutual Pavilion. And you're in the Big East. That's why you can't count them out. They don't lose at home. 
They really don't. So they've got these games against Creighton and Xavier, both at home. They've actually had the upper hand on UConn, went to UConn last year and beat the Huskies and beat the Huskies earlier this season. Why can't they win that game? So to me, Providence is the team, Paul. I don't know if they win the Big East regular season title, but I think that they could win the Big East tournament because from a matchup standpoint, from a Cooley experience standpoint, Bryce Hopkins is a load. And I think Xavier fans saw it. Devin Carter and Noah Locke, the transfers around Jared Bynum, Bynum's injury ended up becoming the best way for those two guys to then just step up and find their groove. Similar to what Xavier would hope without Fremantle, that then when Fremantle comes back, they've got Hunter and Claude just rolling. And now they've got a full complement, a a really nice seven-man rotation that could be Final Four good. So sometimes injuries open the door for other players to step up, and that's what we've seen with Providence. Don't count out the Friars. Don't bet against the Friars. They're really good in close games, and they're – Solid on the glass, solid defensively. But that offense this year has been very good. Top 30 in efficiency. Marquette, Creighton, Xavier, Providence. I don't know if I can put you on the spot, but I'm going to, and you can deflect if you want. Who comes out on top? Who? Wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Who is the number one seed on Thursday at noon at Madison Square Garden because they could end up in a tie and, you know, we, we could have a couple of teams at, say, 16 and four. Who is playing at noon on Thursday at MSG? Oh, I can boy. see I can see the gears turning here going, do I want to answer this question? Creighton. Okay. <laughs> I, I just, I think they're going to beat Connecticut on Saturday. If they win on Valentine's night, they're going to win the conference. They're 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 going to win the conference because from there they've got St. John's, home Marquette. I don't like Marquette in that spot in Omaha. Yeah, Villanova, Georgetown, DePaul. You know, I I just I think Creighton could end up winning out, which is wild, but they could. The, the key game will be Tuesday night. Xavier fans should be rooting for Providence actually Tuesday night when when Providence hosts Creighton. If Creighton wins the next two games, Paul, they win the regular season. If you look at Bartorvik, Creighton has been the second best team in the country behind Alabama since Ryan Kalkbrenner came back. They are playing exceptionally well. They just took on a lot of water early in the season. They just took on a lot of water. Timing is everything. They're balanced. All five starters average in double figures for Creighton. They've won 29 of their last 30 games when the five players score double figures like so when those guys are all on their average Creighton wins very difficult team to face and as opposed to other Creighton teams this Blue Jays team defense they they really have a desire to get stops defensively last question here real quick and I'll let you go UConn are they a potential dark horse final four team or do they just have too many issues that maybe they get into the second weekend and bow out Yeah, I I don't think they're a Final Four team. I would still put Xavier and Creighton together. If I had to group two teams on the Big East that I would bet on getting to the Final Four, those are the two. I don't think so for Connecticut. Just to me, Paul, they have have elite talent, but offensively there's just too much come and go with them that I just don't like, and and that's why I'm I'm not ready to sit here and say that UConn. They they get too tight sometimes in the big spot as well. So for me, you know, as I think about this, the 
all these teams. The problem with Connecticut is they're just not a great sh- – their shot-making goes too hot and cold, whereas, like, Xavier's shot-making is unbelievably good. If they get any stops, they're going to be set up for success. And Creighton's got great balance. To me, UConn, UConn to me seems like it's either 100 or zero. Yeah. Like that's kind of how they are. When they really turn it on, man, they're good. I mean, it's they're like Huskies going down an avalanche. They're that good in the right way. But, like, I don't know. I, I just I think they've got elite eight-level talent. I just don't know if psychologically they have all the pieces there to win. And when it matters most in those types of games. John, I appreciate you coming on. Maybe get you back on when I see you out there at MSG in a few weeks for uh, for the tournament. Great to have you on. Great to see you as always. Paul, it's always great to talk hoops with you. And it's never been this complicated to talk about a regular season title race in the Big East, which is a ton of fun. The answers are going to, the answers might be different 72 hours from now for who's going to win it, which is what makes it so eventful. Always fun talking with you, partner. Thanks, John. Number 13, Xavier plays their only game of the week tonight against Butler. Xavier only has seven games left in the regular season, and two of them are against the Bulldogs. Butler is 12-13 and 13 on the year and 4-10 and 10 in the Big East. Of their 10 Big East losses, nine of them have come by 16 or more points. The Bulldogs are coached by former Xavier and Ohio State head coach Thad Mata, who is in his first year back at the helm of Butler. I'll be in attendance for this one, tipping off at 7 at Hinkle Fieldhouse on FS1. Dayton plays at UD Arena tonight against St. Louis. UD has six games left, and two of them are against the Billikens. St. Louis is 8-3 in the A-10, a half game back of VCU, who sits at 9-3 and, and first in the Atlantic 10. This is an 8 p.m. start time on ESPN2. The third and final area game of the night is a big rivalry game on ESPNU at 9 between Northern Kentucky and Wright State at the Nutter Center. NKU really needs this win to keep pace with Youngstown State in the Horizon League, while Wright State is trying to extend their winning streak to 3. In the first meeting this year back on December 29th, NKU won by 14 in Highland Heights. The first area game of the day on Saturday is a noon tip between Kentucky and Georgia down in Athens. The Wildcats are looking to get back on track after their home loss to Arkansas. The Bulldogs are reeling, having lost three in a row in six of their last seven after starting the year 13-4 and and 3-1 and in the SEC. Kentucky won by 14 on January 17th when they played each other at Rupp Arena. The Miami Redhawks are looking to win back-to-back games for the second time this year with a game against Central Michigan at 3.30 at Millette Hall on Saturday. The Chippewas are the worst team Miami plays the rest of the season by Ken Palm, ranking 326th. After losing at Tulane on Tuesday, Cincinnati is back at Fifth Third Arena on Saturday night with a 7 p.m. tip-off against South Florida. The Bearcats handled the Bulls easily on January 18th, 85-69. Louisville plays at 7 on Saturday down in Coral Gables against the 19th-ranked Miami Hurricanes. Jim Laranega has it rolling for Miami, who sit at 10-4 in conference play, a half game back of the three teams tied for first in the ACC at 10-3. Miami beat Louisville 80-53 on December 4th at the Yum Center. Northern Kentucky has their senior day on Sunday, a 1 p.m. tip against IUPUI. Around the country last night, the upset of the night was a late one, with Loyola Marymount beating number 15 St. Mary's 78-74 in overtime. The Gales were coming off that emotional win over Gonzaga last weekend and got upset at LMU, who is now the first WCC team to beat Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU in the same season. 
Number one, Purdue beat Iowa 87-73. Number seven, UCLA won by 15 and held Oregon State to just 47 points in the game. And Northwestern beat Ohio State 69-63. The Buckeyes are 1-10 against the spread in their last 11 games and are 1-10 straight up in those games as well. Their only win in that span is against Iowa. Tonight, the only big games are the area ones I've already talked about. Saturday is loaded. West Virginia is at number 5, Texas at noon. Oklahoma hosts number 9, Kansas at 1. Number 21, Connecticut goes to Omaha to play number 23, Creighton at 2. Number 3, Alabama is at Auburn at 2. Number 14, Baylor hosts number 17, TCU at 4. Duke is at number 8, Virginia at 4. And Indiana is at Michigan at 6. Then on Super Bowl Sunday, number 1, Purdue goes to Northwestern at 2 on the Big Ten Network. Paul's Pick of the Day, presented by Betfred Sportsbook, was a pretty easy winner last night. It got a little dicey at one point when Iowa started pressing, but Purdue covered as seven-point favorites. I think that line actually closed somewhere around eight, but we had it the night before when I recorded this show at seven. It's the weekend, so here's a pick for each of the next three days. Tonight, Friday, let's go with Akron, minus one and a half at Ohio. Projecting lines for Saturday and Sunday, I'll go with Creighton money line on Saturday, and then Sunday, Purdue probably around minus three and a half. We'll take the Boilermakers. I'll set the line at minus three and a half at Northwestern, take Purdue. That'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. Thanks for listening. If you liked listening to the show, make sure you leave a rating and a review. Enjoy your weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday.